2: I thought I was undateable until I discovered that the secret to finding love was in embracing my own true identity. We try to make finding love more complicated. We have all of our stuff. Like I have my stuff. I'm still carrying my stuff. I didn't leave it. I just, it got a little bit lighter, <laughs> but the more that we can put plans and frameworks and processes in place so we can understand what's happening and build our relationships successfully then we don't get caught up in the emotion we don't get caught up in the past stories and the patterns
0: and the pains that we've had before can you envision going through high school and college without ever being asked out on a date and all the while wondering what was wrong was it the city you were in the guys you were attracted to or was it you dating and relationship expert demona hoffman decided to try online dating in the early 2000s and then proceeded to fall in love with the process, delighting in the science of soul swiping and developing a side hustle, coaching others through the online dating hacks she had discovered while finding her own soulmate. But what would you do if after marrying your husband and getting promoted to vice president in your dream career, your friends still clamored for your guidance on their quests to find their ideal mates? Would you make your side gig your main gig and devote yourself to helping people find their life partners? Or would you decide it was better to hold on to your VP status, even if it suddenly felt inauthentic to who you really were? Hi, I'm Laura Cathcart-Robbins, and this is The Only One in the Room. In September 2018, I found myself in an all too familiar position. Looking around the room at the other attendees at a famed writer's retreat, I realized that I was the only black woman in the room. When I wrote about my experience for the Huffington Post, something surprising happened. 24 hours after my piece went live, I had 568 direct messages in my inbox. These were messages from people of all races, ethnicities, creeds, and nationalities who had connected with my piece because they, too, had felt othered. These are the stories we want to share. This podcast is for anyone who has ever felt alone in a room full of people, which is to say that this podcast is for everyone. You're listening to The Only One in the Room, presented by Lipstick and & Vinyl and executively produced by Christina Barcy. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to like and leave us a review of your thoughts on the show. And if you have an Only One in the Room story you'd like to share, You can DM us on Instagram at the only one in the room. Enjoy the show. Demona Hoffman. Hello. Hello. Have you ever been fired from a job?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I got fired from an internship of all things.
0: Wow. (laughs) That takes a lot. Tell me.
2: Well, I was, I was a busy lady and they had me doing pretty menial tasks Now when I advise people like trying to break into the entertainment business, I'm like, do your job really well. Don't try to do your boss's job. Uh, (laughs) But I learned the hard way because I was like, I cannot do this filing and chasing people for checks. Like that's not interesting. I want to be where the action is. And then they were like, "Uh, we actually we don't really need your free services anymore. Right. (laughs)
0: You're dismissed.
3: That's the best. When you can't even do it for free. Right.
0: You can't even do it for free. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever been fired from a paying job? No. Oh. No.
2: Try try as I may. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I usually would be in multiple jobs at the same time. Actually, a period of not having multiple jobs and not being able to get my next job was sort of what made me basic career pivot a few years ago.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. We'll have to hear all about that. So I am Laura Cathcart-Robbins. This is the only one in the room, but I'm never the only one in this room because, as usual, my boyfriend, producer, and co-host Scott Slaughter, who I call Hun, is here as well.
3: Hi, honey. Hi, hun. Mm
0: -hmm. Honey, before we get to Demona, I want to give you some props. Do you mind? All right, bring it on. (laughs) So... First of all, when we started this podcast just about one year ago, one year ago this month, Uh um, you had never produced anything, right? Nothing. Right. And now not only are you producing and doing your own weekly segment, Scott Talks, shout out to Scott Talks, Mm -hmm. but when COVID hit, instead of putting us on hiatus, you made some really impressive pivots. You learned how to record remotely, which is no easy task. Then you created our bonus series, COVID Warriors, which is doing incredible.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of proud of that one. Thank you, honey.
0: And now you're building an actual recording studio at our house. So however this goes, we'll be able to keep doing interviews.
3: Mm-hmm. It seemed like uh, the thing to do at the time, and i had been sort of obsessing about it quietly in my mind.
0: So, oh. Well, uh, I just wanted to say bravo, honey. Thank you're you. You're doing honey. amazing. And now I'm going to introduce our beautiful, fabulous, amazing guest, Demona Hoffman. Ready?
3: Let's do it. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Demona Hoffman, host of the Dates and Mates podcast. So she is a dating coach and a media personality who starred in A&E Network's TV series, Hashtag Black Love and A Question of Love. She's a regular contributor to The Washington Post, CNN Headline News, HLN, com, and more. She hosts and produces the weekly podcast, Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman, and another podcast right now. Right, Demona?
2: Yes. Also, I Make a Living, which is the Fresh Books brand podcast.
0: Yes. And that one's doing really well, isn't it? Yeah. They're both doing quite well. Wow. That's so cool. You're such yeah. a rock star. You're a, Girl, a I'm busy, a pod I'm busy. star, <laughs> you pod are, rock star. You are busy.
3: You well, are,
2: I was in the game like before it was cool. You yes, know? you, so yes, you used were.
3: Yes, you were.
2: I didn't even say I had a podcast. I said I had had an Internet radio show. And then people started getting curious about what podcasts were. And mm. then I was like, I'm going to double down on this, do a second show.
0: Yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, you were you were an OG in the game. You know,
2: that's kind of the story of my life here. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like I'm always a little bit too early to the party and oh, then sometimes funny. the last one to leave.
0: So we want to get into the story of your life. But first of all, just before we get into your story, I just want to give you a little Atta Girl shout out because you, you and I met, it feels like we met years ago, but it was really last summer at podcast movement orlando right was that it really yeah i feel like i've (laughs) known you forever it wasn't two years ago no it was august because someone introduced me to you and i remember the moment well yes and we were you know hair buddies of course because we both (laughs) have the natural curls going yes and then i immediately started emailing you for a date with you a coffee date after that and then we saw each other at the podcasters of color mixer right and then you know we've just stayed in touch and the the shout out is that you've just really helped me so much you're so generous with your resources and your access and and you're just letting me learn from you because like you oh. said you've been doing this for a while and it's so incredibly cool it's really cool to have a woman of color as someone that can be that for you, but it's—I mean, even if you weren't a woman of color, it's incredibly cool. But I just, Aww, I really appreciate I'm it.
2: Little teary over <laughs> here. I don't know. Maybe it's the lack of sleep. <laughs> yes, or Whatever. During but COVID. You. You're welcome. And the feeling is mutual. Absolutely. Uh, I knew. I knew the minute I met you, we were going to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's here so, we are. It's so
0: great. <laughs> so you. speaking of the fact that you're a woman of color, can you tell me what your racial, ethnic background is?
2: Sure. Yes. I'm used to this question a lot. Yes. What are you? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I know it's different coming from you. So I, my mom is African-American, mm-hmm. black. It's kind of my per- preferred label. Mine too. We could have a whole conversation yes, we about can. that and what that means. <laughs> my dad is Caucasian. He's Jewish, right. which some people think is non- non-white, but we could have a whole debate about that too. <laughs> Yeah. So he's uh, of, of Russian descent. So that's my that's my nuclear family. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the layers out beyond that, I my stepmother is Mexican. My uh, sister in law is Indian. Like I have a whole U.N. Yeah. Multicultural family.
0: Wow. And you are married. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Very married. And mm-hmm. you have two children right presently yes yes (laughs) (laughs) and for the foreseeable future (laughs) and for the foreseeable future and you're all co-hibernating together right yes we are on top of one another uh,
2: it's so funny how in this covid space like we have a lot of space in our house and yet we find that we're still in the same room with one another all the time yeah i'm just like why are there four people in this room (laughs) when there's like 10 other rooms we could be in it's so crazy but
3: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: You guys like, I guess each, we other. like each other. Yes. Deep, down,
2: <laughs> deep, way, way, way deep, deep down. There. Right, right. <laughs> um, so
0: you grew up in Michigan, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so tell me about that because I know that when you and I talked before, you described feeling different while you grew up. I was very different.
2: And not only did I grow up in Michigan, I grew up in East Lansing, Michigan, which is actually home of the Michigan State University Spartans. Ah. And um, it is a very, it can be a very diverse town. But especially in my early life, I I grew up in a neighborhood where I was usually the only person of color in my class. Mm-hmm. And when I say the only person of color, I mean of any I was like the only person with a tan. Right. So I was othered from the very beginning. And when you layer this with my mom's experience growing up as a a black woman in Detroit, a black kid in Detroit, in a time that was extremely extremely racially charged during you know civil rights era she was one of the first integrated classes in her high school so she had to face a lot of frustration and discrimination and anger in that setting and you know they grew up in the projects they didn't have any they didn't have money they didn't have resources and then my dad growing up as a a Jewish kid in Oak Park, Illinois, which now is very Jewish. But then he said he believes he was one of three Jewish kids in his class. So he felt very othered. So not only was my experience othered when I grew up, but both of my parents and the narratives that they gave to me came from a position of being othered themselves.
0: Right. So being othered was kind of normal then in your family.
2: That's an interesting (laughs) way to put it. I guess it was normal, but at the same time, especially from my mom's perspective, there was still a lot of pain Mm. and judgment around what it meant to be othered and what, what it required to
0: fit in. Were you aware of that when you felt othered in school growing up? Were you aware that your mom had had a painful experience with it? Did you carry that into your own experience or did you have a different experience with being othered?
2: I don't think at the time I would have any awareness of that. Maybe in hindsight, I can see that. But Mm -hmm. it was very clear to me. My mom made it very clear to me, you were different. You were different and people are going to treat you differently because your skin is brown and your hair is whatever it is. Very (laughs) big and curly. I still remember this time on the playground when I had had my, my hair. She would do these big, you know, like Afro puffs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and one of the, one of the barrettes came out and it was just loose and free. And I remember they were just like, we don't know what to do with this. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt very like unhinged because she had worked so hard to sort of assimilate and like, like make your hair quaffed and perfect and, and tame it down. And then it was like the real me came bursting loose
0: and, (laughs) I didn't know what to do with that. It's quite poetic, actually. Yeah, You know, really. to have your your authentic hair bursting out of the the nicely coiffed, beretted, whatever you were wearing, ponytail. Literally exploded. Yeah, literally <laughs> exploded. So going going now, like, let's take it up to high school. What was that like? Because now you're with a group of peers. Are, are you still in high school, the only person of color in your classes, or are there more people of color
2: No it became much more diverse mm-hmm. but I still maintained this feeling of otherness for whatever reason and I was a cheerleader and I was on the student government and I was like you know like that show that movie election like I I was like Tracy Flick and I think <laughs> I was doing all of these things because I was seeking acceptance or validation or s- wanting to be seen yes but in spite of that Laura I still maintain this feeling of being pushed out. I was not part of the the cool clique. When I was on the cheerleading squad, they would vote, you know, who was going to be the captain for that week or I don't know, month. And I never got voted captain. They finally just made me captain last because no one had voted for me and the coach just felt bad for me. And it was it really always felt like I had to work twice as hard just to get a seat at the table
0: Mm. yeah I understand that feeling I know that Mm. feeling very well because I had a similar experience I was the in elementary school I was the only black kid in my class and then at one point in my whole school so Mm. I I don't remember a lot of pain associated but I always remember with it but I always remember feeling othered and and then that that it's not even an urge but just the the fact that I would have to do more to be at the same level as as my peers or at least that's what I thought.
2: Well, my mom would tell me that. Yeah. Like straight up. That was the narrative that was that was always presented to me. Like you're going to you're going to be on the outside, so you better you better you better study, you better learn how to be funny. Yeah. You better look as perfect as you can Mm.
0: or you're not you're not going to break in yeah and so did you did i break in did you did you try to look as perfect as you can (laughs) and then see yeah and see if you could break in and now i'm talking specifically to the that beautiful world of high school dating Um, Uh, because you're in high school your hormones are flowing everybody's getting asked out and then here you are with your differentness how was that We're going to take just a quick break to tell you about a cool new product that Scott and I discovered, and we'll get back to our guest's amazing only one story in just a minute.
3: This episode is being brought to you by Voyage AC.
0: Voyage AC. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, hon, did you like those gifts I gave you? The shaving cream and the facial spray?
3: You tell me, honey. You're the one who said how smooth my skin was this morning.
0: Oh, you didn't tell me you are already using it. And I love the way it smells, too. So subtle.
3: Yeah, I've been using it for about a week now.
0: I'm so glad, hon. You know how much I love giving you gifts.
3: Yeah, so honey, what gift can I get you from Boyage AC?
0: Mm.
3: Well, I was on the website this morning. They actually have some new things.
0: I could really use some more of their green tea age-defying serum. It's so good for your skin.
3: Yeah, but that's so practical. I was thinking about something pretty, like one of those new ceramic sachets they have on their Instagram page. Those things are so cool.
0: Yeah. You mean the ceramic flower diffusers Mm -hmm. and their signature floral scent? I love those. I mean, yes, I love one of those, Mm -hmm. hun. Please. Uh, So, hun, tell our listeners where they can buy their products. Mm
3: -hmm. You can find everything on their website at www.voyageac.com. That's V-O-Y-A-G-E-E-T-C-I-E dot com.
0: You do that so well, huh? <laughs> there you can find all their perfumes, aromatherapies, diffusers, candles, bedtime spray, bath salts, and roll-ons. And now they have hand sanitizer, which the owner, my friend Melanie Apple, makes herself. And they have these really chic masks. Everyone needs multiple masks right now, right?
3: Absolutely. And you can never have too much hand sanitizer either. So wait, don't our listeners get a discount?
0: You took my line, hon. But yes, Melanie is willing to give my friends and family discount to all our listeners right now. That's 10% off everything they buy.
3: That's awesome. But how do they get it?
0: All they have to do is enter the only one on the website when they make their purchase.
3: All they have to do is enter the only one?
0: That's right. And they'll get 10% off everything. Voyage AC is the ultimate luxury blend of travel, design, and scents. Each original fragrance, every candle is created by Melanie, handmade, 100% natural vegetable blend, and will transport you on a journey. I was
2: never asked out. Like the idea of even possibly being asked out is, is, it's almost, it almost makes me want to laugh right now, Laura. I asked both, actually, I asked. All, everyone I went to, I didn't go to a dance for two, three years. I didn't go until my junior year winter. Mm. And then I asked my date and then I was like, oh, this was actually really fun. It was a Sadie Hawkins dance. Right. You know, where you have to ask. So I, so it kind of took the pressure off, but then I was like, this was really fun. If I want to go to dances, maybe I should just ask the boys myself. So then I asked my next three dates to the (laughs) dance Uh and none of it was romantic. Uh, I think I also felt a little bit like I was always very mature mm. for my age. And so I.
0: You mean physically?
2: Um, actually, good point. Physically and just emotionally, intellectually. Okay. I just felt like I wasn't quite in this. Like I was not going to go to a house party and act a fool and get drunk.
4: Right, right. <laughs> you're on the, you're on another level. Right.
2: I was on another level. So I wasn't really that into.
4: No purchase necessary, Boyd were prohibited by law eighteen plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
2: interested in high school boys, but it it would be just a it would
0: it's always a nice to be asked. hmm <laughs> yes, it is <laughs> right and and so what describe the the women that were getting asked like what what were they looking like? What did they look like? Well obviously they were all white right
2: and they all had straight hair mm-hmm. And they were also all skinny. Like I, I have always struggled with my weight. And so that was like another element of othering that I was dealing with. Okay. And I just really, at the time, I, I had the confidence within myself, but the messaging that I was getting was like, you don't fit in here. Hmm. So I felt like I must be beautiful somewhere. Right. Right. This, but I don't this isn't think the place here yeah
0: so you did not have a boyfriend in high school
2: definitely not
0: you asked some people out but you didn't get asked out right okay so when was it in your life that you that you were first asked out on a date where were you then
2: on a literal date cuz i feel like dating has been in a decline of <laughs> like the process has sort of been degrading yeah. for many many years i agree so I can tell you this is like after I dated people or like hooked up, as you say, ah. as the kids say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do remember distinctly the first time I was officially asked out on a date. I was I was working as a TV assistant. And oh, so you were I,
0: out of college oh, and yeah. in the workforce. Yeah. OK, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I dated before, but it was like, you know, hang out friends, hang out dates. And then that turns into something more. But this was my first official date. I was like 22. I went to a mixer of like these assistant, you know, networking mixers. I'm sure you're familiar. Mm -hmm. And this guy who I thought was very attractive just straight up went up to me and was like, I think you're beautiful. I would love to take you out on a date. And I was so taken aback because I just was like, I didn't know people could people did that. (laughs) I had never experienced it and I don't know if that's because of my other ring or just because of like cultural norms changing, but just, he was so forward and I was like, okay, uh, when and he's <laughs> like tomorrow, how about tomorrow? Okay. And I, I couldn't believe how easy it was and how direct he had been.
0: Mm. What, was he
2: cute? <laughs> yeah, he was cute. Yeah. It didn't it, end up working out. It's a whole story okay. that we don't have to get into. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Another time for your. Well, I, we could up. get into
2: it, but <laughs> I. But it ended. Up, I'll. I'll tell you the short story. because okay. now, now everybody's gonna be yeah. like, but, "What is it?" <laughs> so tomorrow came around, and then he called me and was like, "I'm so sorry, I actually can't go out tonight." <gasps> and then that became like this months long back and forth of like setting up a date, and then he would cancel, and then and then I was like, "Forget this guy." I, one thing I always maintained was this. I did have a strong sense of self, even though I felt like I was other. I felt like I'm not going to put up with your mess. Like I know my worth. I'm not going to deal with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, you know, I would say, look, let's just not schedule another date. And then he would pop back up, show up at a party and then be like, I really want to take you out. And then he would cancel again. So I actually never (laughs) ended up going out with him. And then finally, (laughs) I was just like, finally, I was just like, what is the deal? And he said, Oh, well, I kind of was dating this other person and, oh. and then things, which is always how it is. And and it was not the last time that I had that experience or that any of my clients have had that experience. Mm-hmm. But it's, it kind of goes back to the, that Maya Angelou quote, like people the f- will show you who they are. Well, they'll tell you who they are the
0: first time yes. and believe them. Yes. All right. Well, that is, that's, that's actually a really good story. I'm <laughs> glad you told it. I think, I think. More people have had that type of experience than they talk about, you know, mm-hmm. like where it just doesn't work out, but your hopes are up and then it doesn't work out and your hopes get back up again. And then you just had to have to face facts that this is not your person. You know yeah, what I and mean? Even
2: worse, a lot of people that listen to my podcast or co- people that come to me for coaching, mm-hmm. they they get even deeper in like my level of investment in that date was low. I was like impressed,
3: Right, cute guy Right, but
2: ultimately not going to change my life one way or another
3: mm-hmm.
2: but what I see happening is especially with online dating, which I am a huge fan of and ultimately is how I met my husband Right. but with online dating now people are not focusing as much on the person in front of them so they are, uh, there's a lot more of that happening there's a lot more ghosting and people are getting emotionally attached and involved when ultimately there isn't really a true connection there or that person hasn't really like I was some girl that he met at a party that he talked to for 15 minutes Right, so the emotional investment is not really there and it's sort of the same thing when we're talking about dating apps like maybe you texted okay you texted for a week you don't know that person mm-hmm. but the real tragedy is when you really start to invest and I've had this happen with clients as well you invest in someone and you really trust them and you you put your heart in their hands and then they
0: do that right that's what's really devastating right. well I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too because that's actually the next thing I was going to ask you about was what led you to online dating Drama. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Tell me the drama.
2: So, okay, I'll have to catch you up now. So now I'm in, now I'm in L.A. Remember I was saying like, this place is not my dating pool. Right. It just wasn't right. happening. Yeah. And so once, I felt like once I moved to L.A. and I saw other people who looked like me mm-hmm. and I started to feel like I was on my life purpose of mm. being in entertainment and being where I wanted to be, being with the people I wanted to be with. Right. Then I started to really not only be able to embrace this true identity of in myself, but also to really lead with it and let that be like to see myself as attractive in, in real time mm-hmm. and to see myself as, as dateable. And so my dating life ramped up very quickly.
0: <laughs> mm. Okay, <laughs> From so the time so I I came I'm sorry, here. just really quickly. So it was really an internal shift. I it was, was really a yeah.
2: gradual internal shift, and also just a change of scenery, a change in locale.
0: Right, right.
2: Because even like we kind of skipped over a little bit of college, but I, I went to college in Chicago in the Midwest. Same standard of beauty there. I was still other, yeah. and I would go out with girlfriends like you know beautiful women but you know kind of my plain Janus friends and I'd be the only one that Mm -hmm. didn't get asked for their number by the end of the night and I and I even internally I was like something's off here yeah (laughs) something is off so it was really it didn't make sense and it's funny because now I say to people like don't blame the city that you're in but there are places where you could be best better suited Mm -hmm. for the dating pool because I hear all the time like there's no single guys in LA yes there are single guys in LA you just might have to work a little harder to find them Mm. and that's why I really focus on process because that was the thing that was missing for me like I knew that they were there in Chicago but where were they hiding and that's what now I help people try and figure out so fast forward here we are in LA I'm dating a lot I'm going out a lot I'm living my best 20-something life but I wasn't meeting quality guys. I wasn't meeting anyone that would be a potential life partner. I wasn't even really meeting boyfriend material. Okay. And my boss at the time had just gone through a divorce. And she was like, you know, Demona, I'm just so tired of these jerks that you're dating. You know, I'd come in. (laughs) She's tired of your jerks? (laughs) She was so tired of my jerks. And she's like, (sighs) there's this thing. Called online dating and this is like 2001 right so it's really in its nascency but she's like it's like man shopping there's like there are so many options i'm dating the ceo of this huge corporation and i met this guy and i'm doing two dates a week and i was like huh and she was very attractive and accomplished and i had always thought online dating was for weirdos (laughs) and like you know, nerds in their mom's basement. Mm-hmm. And I th- thought, you met that guy on a dating site? <laughs> so that's when I started. And, and it was also a long process of online dating and figuring out what, like, really developing a system, developing a dating plan. And that was the beginning of me figuring out, cracking the code, really, mm. on finding love. And so I, now I just really, it's so much simpler than people make it but that's because nobody's taught us this dating it, it's a construct it's a learned skill and it's something that we invented for many 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 years we we didn't have a dating society marriage was a contract between two families it was right. Something you did it's a business for business agreement livelihood. yeah. Yes, it wasn't something you did for love. It wasn't about finding somebody who matched you on ten different value systems and personality traits. So it it is something that we constructed, and therefore, I believe that if we constructed it, then we can figure out how to build a better mousetrap and how to how to sort of win the game.
0: I love that. You know, and I don't know much about online dating, so I'm fascinated by things like a dating plan. And I want to talk about that, but I want to see how online da- dating led you to the love of your life.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a pretty quick story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to make this more romantic than it is. But basically, I was working in casting at the time, mm-hmm. and I was teaching classes for actors and how to market themselves. So I discovered it was really about telling your story and having a goals. Like, I, I would always tell actors to visualize what you want your career to be what kind of roles do you want to play and are you suit well suited to play I mean that's a whole other element Mm -hmm. but when once I was able to apply those principles to online dating Ah. I ended up attracting the person who is literally my dream match and it, it wasn't like whiz-bang from the beginning. Actually, my dating plan was called Operation Date Nice Guys. I called it Operation <laughs> DNG for short, like with all, with all my girlfriends at work. I was like, oh, so great. I went on an Operation DNG date, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just said, if I want something better for myself, if I want to date somebody different, I need to do something different. So I made a conscious effort to change my system change my attractors and i ended up meeting this guy and the first time i looked at his picture i was like hubba hubba oh my god who is this i need to meet you right away (laughs) and i threw out all my rules you know we write the plan we write the plan but the plan it's sort of there just as a as a framework and a backup because then when you get in it sometimes you just everything just goes up in the air so uh i insisted we meet as soon as possible Mm -hmm. we met a few days later and what does he look like
1: he's just adorable
2: (laughs) you know what it is i i i feel like i see people's soul when Mm. i look at pictures and i i do this for clients too i'll swipe for them um because the swiping process can be very overwhelming and you're also swiping with your own your own bias Mm. so I was swiping with my soul, with my soul connection. But I love that. I don't know. I mean, but I always was attracted, yeah. to, attracted to slender guys. Okay, he was, he was very slim at the time. Mm-hmm. Slightly less slim now, <laughs> but aren't we all? circa COVID nineteen, uh, uh, circa two kids. <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah, and craft services. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like he he has he had dark hair, and. Also, slightly less dark, <laughs> right now. <laughs> slightly more. Gray. Wait, how long have
0: you been married? We've been married.
2: Oh, you're gonna make me do math. Thirteen years. Oh wow. Yeah, that's we've a been long together time. for s- almost seventeen. Mm-hmm. And he has these these just crystal blue eyes that are just mesmerizing. Mm. And but I was really attracted to his profile too because he was like clever and cheeky and intelligent and i was also really tired of dating like a lot of you know dumb dumb actors and right, musicians. right and no offense to actors and musicians but just yeah. the ones i was dating were not quite up to par and i was just like where are the smart guys in la yeah i'm a bit of a sapiosexual so the, i was attracted to the whole the whole package mm-hmm. but then he walked in laura mm. and he had on this banana republic black sweater with a button-down shirt under it with the collar popped out and these very responsible wool pants and and i was like is that the guy oh he looks so nice and then like a couple like 20 minutes into the date i just thought i this guy is so nice do you think he was too nice could not date him yeah and then i started thinking i actually started thinking on my first date i must have some friends that i could set him up with because he is just a catch (laughs) for someone so nice right and then i said wait a minute i'm doing operation date nice guys Mm. this is what you're supposed to be doing so you stay in it and then i remember there was this moment on our first date when he when he reached across the table and this like very bold move and he just grabbed my hand and i was like oh, he's, like, taking initiative. And then he actually did kiss me on the first date, which, oh. to me, was a little bit of a twist on the nice guy move because, you know, just to have that confidence and to be that bold. Yeah. It turns out he's a total nice guy. But um, but he had some game. Gave me just enough, of, enough game for mm-hmm. me to be curious about him to keep going.
0: Well, that is impressive. That's a good first date led you to your husband's story
2: I said it wasn't going to be romantic yeah. but maybe it kind of, it kind of is
0: especially <laughs> since you said you swipe with your soul you know <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something else I'm also really intrigued that you swipe for people if I were in the dating game I would definitely want you to do that for me it's fun. Yeah. It's actually
2: fun for me. Yeah. And I enjoy it. And then I have all these tricks and systems, which I won't give everybody today, but right. I, I have ways to pop new options into your feed or oh. your inbox, what have you. Yeah. So it's fun for me to. It's like a treasure hunt.
0: Yeah. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about. Just how you made a career out of this experience, because you weren't doing this for a living then, right? No. And then now you've created a career out of date coaching and, mm-hmm. and kind of guiding people in their relationships. When you interviewed Scott and I on your podcast, Dates and Mates, I posted that it was a little bit like um, couples therapy in the best way, because <laughs> you have that way about you. So tell me how you made a career out of it.
2: Well, I think a lot of side hustles begin with just an idea, uh kind of stumbling into it, right? So I met him online. His name's Seth. Um and a lot of people started coming to me and saying, "Well, I tried online dating. It didn't work. How'd you meet this guy? He's great." And I would say, "Oh, I have this system and it's it all starts with the profile." And they'd say, Well, can you look at my profile? Mm -hmm. So it initially started with friends and relatives. I uh, the first profile I did was actually for my cousin, and he had just he was a serial monogamist and he had just gotten out of a relationship. And Todd in a relationship was awesome. (laughs) Todd out of a relationship was a real downer. I hope he never hears (laughs) this. So we were all like can we get Todd into a relationship, please? And so I said, what do you think about dating apps? He'd always just met someone IRL. Everybody like takes the, used to take this pride and like, well, I don't have to use dating apps because I meet people IRL. I met in people real life, IRL too. Right? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I met people in real life, mm-hmm. but they were bad people for me. So I said, let me look at your profile. And he had a picture of his nephew and just not flattering pictures. And so I went through them one by one and I said, this is the story you're telling through this. You have a child, Like this is not the most flattering picture of you, your life's pretty boring, <laughs> let's put some context to what your life's about, and let's take the kid out, because you want to have a kid, but you don't have a kid, so you're sending the wrong messages. People are, the speed of communication was increasing even back then, so this is like 2003, mm. and I knew that people, especially from being a casting director, people are going to look at your picture, they're instantly going to make a determination of who you are and how you fit into their life or not, like a casting director. I'm like, are you right for the role or not? No, s- next. Right, right. We were we were swiping as casting directors. We've been swiping since way, way before the Swipe app even was invented. And that was – the Swipe app is a whole other shift and paradigm, which we can get into if we have time. But at that time, I, I could – tell that he was not sending the right message with his profile. So I rewrote his profile Mm -hmm. and then he called me two months later and said, Demona, I don't know what to do. I'm dating two women right now. I've never dated two women in my life and I, I'm not sure what to do about it. And I was like, why do you need to do anything about it? Mm -hmm. You just let them know you're not exclusive. You continue dating them and then either one will, will become the one. Or neither. But now you have a profile that you know attracts the right kind of people to you. Right. And within a few months, he started to only date one exclusively. And by the next year, he and one of them were engaged. He got married. They had two children. And they're still living happily ever after. Amazing. So it was after that where I said, huh, maybe I'm on to something and then people started referring me to coworkers and friends and it started out just on the side all the while I was working up the the corporate ladder in television mm-hmm. as a casting director and then I became actually the head of the diversity program at NBC the talent diversity so I was responsible for finding comedians of color and writers of diverse backgrounds right. and actors and putting them into the talent pipeline and then development executive and all the while it was like this secret side thing that people were like oh you need help with your dating profile called demona so Mm -hmm. i was just doing like one-off dating profile writing and then i was really loving my job i was vice president of programming at the sci-fi channel and i had a baby and i came back after maternity leave and i was like what is this job Like Mm. I can't do it. And I was the last person that I thought, you know, I was so type A, like from the beginning, it's Tracy Flick. I could do this and that. And I thought, oh, motherhood. Got it. Just check. Just add that to the list of things that I can do simultaneously while spinning plates and dancing. (laughs) And it kind of broke me, to Mm. be honest with you. And I had so such high expectations of myself. To do it perfectly. Now I look back and I'm like, Damona. Yeah. What were you thinking? Like I made baby food. I made my own baby food every Sunday while I was working like fifty to sixty hours a week as a television executive.
0: You're a good mama. And
2: I wanted to feed exclusively breast milk. It, I am a good mama, thank you. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like a good mama though at the time. And you know, that's a whole other othering. Yes. But I was failing, I was failing at my job that I once loved, I was failing at motherhood, and I said, I I remember watching an episode of Oprah's Life Class, and I just cried, I broke down, she was like, if you're not, like, you're not happy, you're not where you are, you need to make a change, and I just was, like, sobbing on the floor, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't do this. Mm. And I just walked into my boss's office and I said, I'm not going to renew my contract. They wanted me to stay, but I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I interviewed for, after I thought, okay, I'm going to take like six weeks, get my life back together, and then I'll go and just get another TV job. Mm-hmm. And always throughout my life, I had multiple offers at the same time and sometimes multiple jobs. And so I thought, oh, this will be really easy. And I interviewed for seventeen jobs, and I most of them I got to the final round, which requires a lot of f- work for them to see that what you can do. Mm-hmm. And then every time it was like, oh, we're gonna go with someone else. And then I started to think, actually, because I have my I had my hair curly and natural, and I look pretty young, mm-hmm. and I was a vice president, and I thought. Maybe they're looking at me, person of color, like already a little bit of a stretch for the role and I'm young and I have this curly hair that makes me look like I'm not serious. They might be saying she's not vice president material. And in fact, I had a couple jobs where they were like, can you just reapply as the director? Like we really like you, but but um, ah, not for the vice president. Yeah. And so I you know what I did? I straightened my hair. I relaxed my hair mm-hmm. because I thought, well, maybe they'll take me more seriously and i I, you know i could say that that was a mistake i don't think of really anything in my story as a mistake because every every mistake led me to the next step or gave me some learning that was vital for me to understand but that was i still didn't get the jobs Mm. so i said this has got to be a Huge red flashing sign that I am not in the right place right now. I am not doing what
0: I am supposed to be doing with my life. Well, it's really interesting how much that parallels your dating life and your revelations about not being in the right city and not being and needing to be authentic and trying to, you know what I mean?
2: Look who's a therapist now. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. I I think a a lot of our stories repeat Mm -hmm. and that's something that I work with uh, clients on is that Just getting understanding your story, just getting a handle on your story, mm-hmm. is part of the battle. So I started initially just writing dating profiles because I was like, well, I can't do, I can't be a TV executive, so maybe I'll go back to writing these dating profiles. And then from writing the dating profiles, I started teaching workshops. And then Match. dot com was like, do you want to help us do this workshop series mm. in LA that we're launching? And then I was sort of in it and I never really intentionally well I guess that's not true I also had started a production company at the same time because I did pitch a show and ended up selling my first show which is the best and the worst thing that can ever happen to you and so I had this production company and I distinctly remember like being at that crossroads and I was sitting with my producing partner who's a wonderful man who I still collaborate with but I just I we were on set and I just didn't want to be on set for the show that I created and I was like, I think I have to go. Like, I think I have to pursue this dating coaching path. And it mm-hmm. wasn't just the dating coaching. It was like being on television and mm-hmm. creating content and doing yeah. a podcast. Because that's where suddenly I realized everything I had thought I wanted was right in front of me. And something else had popped up that was not in my consciousness before as like a real career or way to live my life. Right. That suddenly had lit me up. And so I l- ended up leaving the production company and striking out on my own with my dating coaching business.
0: Amazing. You know, in that moment where you could have renewed your contract with was it the Sci-Fi Network? Mm-hmm. There's this woman that I love. Her name is Bird. And she says, faith isn't jumping from A to B. Faith is just jumping from A. And that's what it feels like you did then. You didn't know exactly what your B was going to be, but you knew you you needed to jump.
2: That's true. Mm -hmm. Although in hindsight, and I I don't think I had the capacity to make this decision in the moment, but in hindsight, sometimes even if you don't know where the leap is going to land you, Mm -hmm. you still need to like shore up whatever is behind you and I felt like I didn't do that instead of just jumping I I ran and Mm. jumped I kind of ran and fell right (laughs) and I've done that a lot (laughs) right I if I could go back I would have I would have mm, stepped a little bit more mindfully but you know what Laura I might not be here Mm -hmm. I might not be here in this job that I love living this life that is very fulfilling for me. Yeah, yeah. So we can go back and try and rewrite history. But every choice leads you to where you are and gives you a lesson that maybe you needed to learn to move to the next thing. Or maybe the next thing that you don't even know is coming. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually kind of grateful for all of my... For
0: your running jump.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. all my failures and bad choices. Yeah. You know, even all the bad boys that I dated before Mm -hmm. or the the guys that were not absolutely absolutely they taught me what i really needed
0: right and what you didn't too true yeah so true we have a facebook group and we call our fans the roomies that was that was a long process to come up with a name very cute i call Um,
2: mine friends with benefits oh there you go
0: (laughs) that's really good you might steal that (laughs) so a couple of questions for you from our group the first one is for, from Sharon Hart. And she wants to know, do you believe, oh, does, does she believe how we conduct relationships is reflective of our own self-esteem issues? Is it possible to work on your own issues while dating? I think that's a good question. Like, do you need to have everything all like, you know, all your issues worked out before you start a relationship? Or can you work on those issues while you're in a relationship?
2: You absolutely can work on your issues while you're in a relationship. However, if there is a pattern that you are not dealing with that keeps coming up over and over again, Mm -hmm. there's a high likelihood that if you're not dealing with it, it's going to come up again. A lot of my clients come to me after they've gone through a therapy process or work with me in conjunction with a therapist. Because I really focus in on the dating plan and we do a lot of mindset work but there's sometimes it, it's not just even self esteem sometimes you have to drop in a level deeper mm. and there's there's real pain there's childhood wounds yes that we can say oh that didn't affect me like i used to say like oh my parents d- divorce didn't really affect me that's their stuff didn't really affect me mm-hmm. Uh, no, wrong, Demona. So like all the time that I was getting clear on my own identity, I was also in therapy and I was understanding my stuff. Mm. And that is really, I think a lot, there's a lot of shame around seeking therapy and getting help. Maybe less now in COVID land because everybody is struggling. Yes. But there's so much value in going on that journey. What I would say is don't wait. Don't wait for that to be fixed, Mm -hmm. to start dating. And you learn the most, I find, in action. So you'll learn through these experiences, but it's a great idea to be working with a coach or a counselor while you're doing that so you can make sense of the experiences instead of just continuing to fall back into
0: the same patterns. That's great. That's great. Thank you. And then the last one is from, the the second and the last one, is from Allison McKeithen. And she says, my S.O., I had to ask my bonus daughter what S.O. was. She said, significant Significant other. other. Yes. (laughs) My S.O. and I have been together for four months, and we decided to quarantine together at my house. This past month has been great having him here. I've never been in a relationship this long before. I feel. Wait, how
2: many months did you say it was? Four months. Yeah, four months. Yeah. and now they're quarantining. They're quarantined together. together. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. She's never been in a relationship this long before. I feel like this is really good. Once things return to normal, how do I approach taking the quote unquote next step? Because we've never. Co- I've never cohabited before. We're both forty. Never married. No kids. <sighs> My longest relationship is four months. This is new territory for me. Oh, wow. This is so,
2: <laughs> you know, what's really funny, Laura. What? Um, so I'm also writing an advice column right now for the LA Times. Yes. I was going to get to that, but congratulations. <laughs> but thank you. Yes. It's really funny because I've, I've been taking questions from dates and mates mm-hmm. and that, that people have DM me that haven't been on the show and everything. And I've been, uh, those are the questions that I'm answering. Right. And I had one from s- that's almost this exact same question. Like I started dating someone and now we're like we're quarantined, quarantining together. Is that too fast? And my editor was like, this doesn't seem realistic. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> Can tell you your take editor. Out? And I'm like, it's 100 percent a real question. <laughs> so now I've gotten two questions yes. that, are, so, that show me that this is really going on. Yes. Okay. I, I got to break this down how much time do I have because I have to break this down in parts because there's two things happening mm-hmm. there, there's the covid situation and then there's the commitment situation right so covid first we are all in a time where we are craving we are craving closeness we are craving some stability mm-hmm. and it doesn't surprise me that that so many people apparently are very eager to do jump into a quarantine together because there's this feeling of like if we start this relationship now and I let them go I might not get them back right so I need to keep them close and I need the closeness for me to be okay Mm -hmm. that now layered with if the longest relationship that she's had is four months before and no shame in that. Like before I met my husband, my longest relationship was about six months because I, because I had clarity on exactly what I wanted and I was not prepared to settle Mm -hmm. for someone that was not going to meet my core needs. Mm -hmm. So if that's the reason she hasn't had a relationship for longer than four months, then props to her. Right. But sometimes it's because also being unrealistic, being too picky being afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at those elements before I can even give you a plan to move forward right. into a successful relationship. Because already we have the cart before the horse. And like one of the shows that I hosted on Annie Networks, this was the situation we moved couples in together who had been dating for about a year right, to right. see if this person was going to be their forever person. And they had 30 days to go through this intensive experiment with me. To illuminate all of the challenges in their relationship. Lucky for your, your listener, mm-hmm. she's just already in it. So yes. <laughs> I'm going to help her work through it. Because normally I would have you ask a lot of questions beforehand. Okay. Before you even cohabitate. Once you're together, it's much harder to get distance and clarity on the situation mm-hmm. and to unravel yourself if it's not working. Right. But you've got to know. These are four factors. I'll just leave you with the four factors of long-term compatibility. Okay. One. Shared values. Mm-hmm. What do you hold true in the world? What is important for you? What is your mindset? What is the way that you look at life? If they don't have the same value system. And that doesn't necessarily mean like. My, my first writing job was actually for j Date And. And a lot of people, like, we had discussions about, do you really need to find someone who's Jewish? Mm -hmm. Is that a value system? Or is that, is it more about cultural norms? Or is it more about how you live your life? Because if you just want somebody that has a sense of faith, then maybe they don't need to be Jewish, but they just need to respect your Judaism. So mm-hmm. what are your values? What are your common goals for the future? That's the second one. If you want kids, you're 40, you want kids tomorrow and he doesn't, that's going, if you can kick, you can brush it under the rug, but that is something that's going to keep popping back up. Right. So figure out what are the goals that you have for the future? Trust. And this is the one that's really hard. Trust you haven't even been in a situation where that person, your trust can be challenged. So that one's going to have to develop over time. And then the one that you're probably dealing with most acutely is communication and conflict resolution. Mm. So I do like love languages quiz and (laughs) 20 questions and 36 questions that lead to love and really figure out, figure out what that person's communication style is and how to resolve conflicts when they come up so they don't fester and grow into bigger problems it certainly can work and i really hope for her that it does but now that you're already you already leapt as we were saying earlier right. you jumped already you took a running leap now you have to have to work backwards and sort of build the ladder so that you can get back up and and stay
0: stay on the mountain no matter what mm. Well, I I really hope she was listening to this. I'm going to send it to her too, so that she can I can make sure she hears it. And then thank you for all of that. I'm so you were the right person to have those four points like real ready at the the drop of a dime to <laughs> offer her because that's I would have kind
2: of what I do every week. I know, but still makes.
0: I would have but, hemmed and hawed and gone around, and you were just like, oh, here are the four things. That's the what I do. Yeah.
2: We I remember I said earlier we try to make finding love more complicated yeah. because we have all of our stuff. Mm -hmm. I know. Like I have my stuff. I'm still carrying my stuff. I didn't leave it. I just, it got a little bit lighter, (laughs) but the more that we can put plans and frameworks and processes in place so we can understand what's happening and build, build our relationships successfully Mm -hmm. then we don't get caught up in the emotion we don't get caught up in the past stories and the patterns and and the pains that we've had before but you know kudos to her for being so brave one to ask that question Mm -hmm. and two to follow her heart because a lot of people don't don't even have that that courage to do something in the face of people probably telling her that she's crazy right and that's what, you know, I never, uh, on, on Dates and Mates, I always aim to approach any situation with compassion. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that you're in the situation that you're in. You're not crazy. You're not carrying baggage. Right. You're just, you're just playing out the stories that you know. Mm-hmm. And it's really my greatest joy to be able to help people unravel stories kind of the way that you do on this podcast. Ah. <laughs>
0: Good wraparound. Thank you for that. So we're going to say goodbye, which I hate to do. But I want to first ask how people can find you on, if they want to find you. I know you have your, your website, which is beautiful. I went through that. That's com. Yes. Okay. And
2: that's also datesandmates.com is also a part of that. So if you okay. just want to like dip your toe in, see mm-hmm. what I talk about on the podcast, go to datesandmates.com or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's probably also listed in the directory there yes so search for that
0: and um congratulations again on your la times advice column people can look for you there and be yes. supportive send in letters tell them how much you love it lift please. it up yes. yes it's just
2: like a pilot so yeah I, i'd love to be keep doing it so if you love the la times column that i do mm-hmm. like please please tell them yes <laughs> so yes. i can do more of it definitely and thank you what thank about you.
0: social media
2: Oh, I'm at Damona Hoffman on all of the socials. Okay, that is great. And I uh, love a good tweet.
0: Yes, so. yes, you do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Damona. This has been so great and informative. I feel like I could be a dating coach now after yes. listening to you. And I saw
2: you turning around on me. Yes. I saw that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Watch I appreciate out. No, you and everything you do. You're just honestly a, a light. You're oh. a bright light and... By the way, I have to mention that you and Scott were on a recent episode of Dates and Mates. That's and right. And you were fantastic. And so many of my listeners really connected with your story. So oh, thank I you. encourage everybody to go and listen to that episode of Dates and Mates. Specifically. Yes.
0: Yes. When you go to datesandmates.com, check out our episode first. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you. Dan. Thanks, Damana. That was great.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stay tuned for our bonus after show, Scott Talks, coming up next. Thank you